In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord speaks to us today in the Gospel a very strange parable. They're all strange. If you're reading them correctly, they should be strange. That's, in fact, St. Jerome will tell us uh, that if we want to understand what is being said in the Gospels and what is being intended by, uh, by our Lord whenever he speaks, we should look for the piece that does not fit, because there is always a piece that does not fit. We hear these parables so frequently that, that we assume, of course, this is the way things will go. We hear of the shepherd who leaves 99 perfectly good sheep in the field to chase after a disobedient one, and we say, oh yes, of course, but that is insane and not something a normal person would do or should do. So often our Lord's parables, precisely in the place where they don't fit, make supernatural sense, which is greater than even natural sense. And we do have a strange parable today, the parable of the dishonest steward, the parable of the steward who takes uh, his master's property, and when he realizes that he is no longer going to have his life of dealing with his master's money, what his master has given him to use, starts giving all of it away. And not in a pious way either, but calling in all of the people who are indebted to his master and showing them mercy he's not been warranted to show them. And then his master praises him for taking what he has and giving it away and forgiving the debts that his master was owed and all of these things. And you wonder, what, what employer on earth would, if you gave deals you were not warranted to give to clients, would call you in and say, well done, well done for making less money for me. It simply doesn't make any sense according to natural logic. But that is because the parable the Lord gives us has a supernatural logic. Because our Lord is not speaking of stewarding our wealth according to the wisdom of the world, but being caretakers of what he has given us in time according to supernatural wisdom. Because who is the master of the house in the parable but our Lord? And who is the steward but us ourselves? And what is the wealth that the steward watches over but the things given to us in time? Our possessions, our position, even our gifts, our talents, the very things that, are, that seem to be so much a part of us, but which we have received, which we have not earned for ourselves. Very interestingly, when you read the fathers of the church on this, if you ever want a good review of what the fathers of the church have to say on something just to get a really nice, succinct synopsis of it, you can always look up the Catena Aria on the Dominican House of Studies website. They have the whole thing there. It's very convenient. You get to see what all the fathers of the church have to say just in, in brief. But the consensus is that the Lord wishes to teach us to use what has been given us here on earth for the sake of heavenly profit. And you'll hear this tossed around as an axiom. If you ever read personal correspondence from the early Middle Ages, from the high Middle Ages, you'll hear people exhort one another all the time, remember that the things you have been given, your wealth is your road to heaven, because these are the tools that the Lord has given you to give charity to others and provide for yourselves the wealth that does not run out. It sounds like a very strange axiom to say your wealth is the road to heaven. 
But in a certain sense, it is true that the Lord has given us and allowed us to have everything that we have, not for its own sake, not for its own sake, but to use it in showing mercy, to use it in making choices that demonstrate our desire for heaven, to use it well for the sake of those he has given us and ultimately for the cause of God. That the Lord has given us all of these things not for their own sake. And we know this. In the New Rite, the reading for today has another parable that is related to this, interestingly enough, where the Lord speaks of a wealthy man who's building barns to, to, to care for all of the stuff that he has had and sits himself down to enjoy the fruits of his labor, only for the Lord to say to him, you fool, this night your life will be taken from you and your possessions, to whom will they belong? It's a lesson we know, but we need to remind ourselves again and again that all the things we have whether that is our possessions, strictly speaking, or all of the things that have come into our lives, even up to and including relationships, do not belong to us. Do not belong to us, but belong only to God. And we are the stewards of the Master's possessions. And it is our job to show mercy with them so that we make friendships not only with those around us, but with the Master himself, most importantly. Our epistle today says we are not debtors to the flesh, but we rather have the spirit of adoption by which our souls cry out to God, Abba, Father, and we are heirs to that inheritance. That the desire to possess something good is in our souls by nature. That is a good desire that we have. And greed is only a perversion of the good desire to desire the good. That we were meant always to long for great riches. We were meant always to long to possess true wealth. The gold that does not crumble in a fire. The silver that does not tarnish. The fine textiles that are not eaten by moths which is to say we were meant to desire the inheritance of heaven. We were meant to desire with all our heart to possess the true wealth that is God's own life. So as we reflect on that, let's ask ourselves honestly, looking through our lives, what are the things that I desire for their own sakes that I should not What are the things that I possess that I am unwilling to hand over to God? What are the things that I would miss entering heaven that would hold me here? And how does God want me to relate to those things? How does God wish me to relate to my wealth, to my possessions, to my titles, to my honors, to my gifts and talents, to my weaknesses, and to the people around me. Of course, he wants us to relate to all of them with humility, with gratitude, 
with charity, in their proper order, and in such a way that loving all of these things as we ought to, we love heaven most. And by loving God above all things, learn to love the things of the world in their right place and in their right order. We know that order, that we're to love God first with all our hearts, then after that our spouse if we have one, then children, immediate family, true friends, acquaintances, then authentic leisure, then work, then pointless leisure, and then Netflix. (laughs) In that order exactly. We notice wherever we have trouble, it's because something is out of order there. So many in our world flip it exactly opposite. Spend our time on pointless leisure, and then on our career, and then perhaps on friends and family as we can, and then God gets whatever is left over. Hopefully that's not where any of us are here today, and and hopefully the fact that we come to Mass to pray and offer an act of worship to God is a sign that we at least have things mostly in their right place. But the human heart is disordered because of the fall. We will always have a little trouble getting it exactly right. And so we ask our Lord to contradict us always with his truth and to remind us where things ought to fall. We have excellent saints this week, truly excellent saints. And I hope Our Lady will forgive me if I didn't mention her. I mean, we have the dedication of the Basilica of Mary Major in Rome soon. I wasn't sure where to include this in the litany, and by the time I figured it out, it was too late. (laughs) I had already mentioned Dominic, who is today. But in each of the lives of all of these saints, Our Lady on down, we see the right choices made, the right deal struck with the things of the world. Some of the saints on the list are incredibly poor. Dominic himself, by the way, after, after, mass, uh, after Holy Mass is finished, we'll have the opportunity to venerate at the altar rail a first-class relic of St. Dominic, uh, which has been brought to us with great generosity. But Dominic founded an order that would be based on begging, that would go about from place to place, living only on the charity of others, trusting that God would provide for the good work of teaching and refuting error and preaching the gospel as it should be. We have St. Lawrence at the end of the week on Saturday to celebrate St. Lawrence. The Italians like to say that once the Feast of St. Lawrence has happened, the summer cools off because he's done grilling. It's the Italians. What are you going to do? The summer never actually cools off, but if you're Italian, you decide by calendar and not by reality, which I can say because I am Italian. But St. Lawrence, if you know his story, was a deacon of the city of Rome during one of the major persecutions. And when six of the other seven deacons had been martyred along with Pope Sixtus II, whom we celebrate earlier in the week, Lawrence was left alone, the only deacon left. And his job in the city had been to offer charity out of the wealth that the church possessed. The Roman government, knowing this, pulled him aside and said, we've killed everyone else. The six other deacons we put to death, and your high priest we put to death. And now you will hand over to us the riches of the church. And Lawrence, you may know the story, said, give me three days and I will do so. You'll meet me at St. Peter's, or at the tomb of Peter the Apostle. So this happens. And Lawrence shows to them 
when they arrive, not gold and plate, but all of the poor, and all of the widows, and all of those who survived on what the church offered and said, behold, the treasures of the church. And the Romans, not being particularly edified, uh, martyred him immediately after. But hopefully we're edified by the example, and we understand what God values truly, that everything else but charity will pass away, and our lives will be judged only by whether we have loved God and whether we have loved our neighbor, and specifically those the Lord has given us and entrusted us for care. So let's pray through the intercession of all the saints, especially St. Dominic, St. Sixtus, St. Lawrence, and our Blessed Lady, that we might judge the world with wisdom and value only those things that God values, that we might see him face to face forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.